Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second day, first day of live programming for the 2024 Multiverse Fundraiser, supporting comic books for kids. We're here with artist Mike Mayhack. I'm Crayley, one half of Phoenix Sisters Cosplay, and that direction. <laughs> That's Kelly, the other <laughs> half of Phoenix Sisters Cosplay. So, um... We're going to play you a really quick message about comic books for kids and why we are here today. And then uh, we'll get right into it. Grilling Mike. Are you ready, Mike? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Right after this video. Sorry. My name is Mark Weiss, and I'm the president and founder of an organization called Comic Books for Kids. Our complete entire mission is dedicated to providing comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers. I've been passionate about comic books literally my entire life. I love the industry, I love the mythology of the characters, but I've always also wanted to give back. And it occurred to me that perhaps something could be done that would allow us to create a organization that allowed us to provide comic books to the kids in hospitals and cancer centers. And I asked them, I said, if we were to provide comic books to you, would you like them? Every hospital I called had the same story. Please do this for our kids. My goal at the time a year ago was to deliver a thousand comics in a calendar year. By the way, I had no inventory. To 20 hospitals, which by the way, I hadn't contacted, and bring on two publishers. That was my 2017 goal. As we wrapped up 2017, we shipped out over 8,000 comics last year to over 100 children's hospitals in almost every state in the country and almost every publisher that is here today is working with us. Our community tab on our website shows stories from nurses, from children, from mothers of students, patients, children who have had their lives touched by the simple small act of kindness of just giving them a comic book. The stories are incredible. You can't make this up. And if anyone had ever told me that we would be influencing people's lives by just these small acts of kindness, I don't think I would have ever recognized the impact. I feel very humbled and very flattered that we've been able to touch so many people's and children's lives. And I never thought the responsiveness would be what we are seeing. It's about letting kids be kids again. And it's about bringing comic books back to the kids. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, we think so too. So I'm going to be putting a banner at the bottom here, just going to scroll on by. But for those of you who are just listening and can't see that, if you go to facebook.com slash the multiverse fundraiser or comicbooksforkids.org, you can donate there. You can also just go to the multiverse fundraiser.com. So it's like fundraiser minus the D fundraiser. And there's a big donate button right in the middle of the homepage at the multiverse fundraiser.com. It's a pun. It's a pun. You really can spell. <laughs> I like it. We just like dad jokes. Same here. <laughs> so, Mike, welcome. Uh, just to give a little rundown of your career, I won't put you on the spot. I'll let everyone at home. So, you got your start in indie comics. Um, 
basically publishing Cleopatra in space. So that got picked up by Scholastic. So I don't know if that really counts as indie. Yeah, it started off sort of like as a webcomic. And, you know, I was just sort of doing it. I was really just doing it for fun, just as a as a kind of a side thing and putting it up online for people to read. And um, yeah, but then I guess, yeah, when Scholastic picked it up, it kind of became, yeah, then there's, then it became a cartoon. So it became a lot bigger than just kind of me doing it for fun at that point. But yeah, it's crazy how much that, that little idea sort of took off and this became what it right? is. Oh, and sorry, I meant to grab the book, but yeah, yeah. I was going to talk about that because it became a show, which is so exciting. And now you're working for Marvel, which, or you're doing a lot of work for Marvel. Yeah. New book's coming out. Yes. I have to pick this one up. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it was actually, it was through um, uh, Abrams Books, you know, which is, they had kind of licensed through Marvel. So sort of working really more with Abrams, than, but it was sort of, you know, Marvel was also sort of there. So it was, it was a weird sort of collaboration of, of, of um, you know, working with an editor from Abrams and um, getting feedback also through Marvel and, and then, uh, you know, trying to figure out, you um, the story through through working with all these different you know parts of, and people um but it was it was a blast and it came together very quickly um uh, once i decided to to take it on uh i came up with the idea of of giving spider-man a, a pigeon to to talk to and from there the idea of uh him petsing for the avengers just kind of just came about like like pretty much immediately and um thinking about ideas behind the responsibility and having great power and what you do with that. So yeah, it was a blast. I had, had a lot of fun working on those books. I love that. And you, you draw animals really well. Like definitely oh, <laughs> have a starring role in a lot of your art uh, because if I remember correctly, you have cats. I do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, right now we have three cats. Uh, we seem to, I think we, we cycle through cats quite a bit, but um, yeah, there's uh, ever since, actually I grew up uh, with a dog. So I, you know, throughout my childhood, I had a, a Shetland sheep dog that we, I grew up with. And I always thought of myself as more of a dog person because of that. But then uh, we sort of adopted, brought in this, this cat in college, uh, me and my roommates and funny enough the one the one roommate who uh was allergic to cats he's the one that ended up kind of taking that cat home with him after we all served his bandit <laughs> so he was the one that kind of really got attached to this uh this this orange tabby that we had um and from there i was just pretty much just i, I just I, I love dogs i love all animals i would you know I, I could probably run a zoo and be happy if i if i if i wanted to but um, I'm definitely more of a, a cat person, I think, than a dog person at this, at this stage. Yeah, I do. It's a little hidden, but I have one of your space cat stickers back oh, here. Right. Awesome. I also had to bring up, I have one of your Batgirl. Oh, yeah. Um, that. Yeah. yeah. I was bringing it upstairs, and I because normally it lives downstairs, but I showed it to my husband. I was like, I bought this piece of art like five years ago, or I don't remember how long ago. I was like, <laughs> and now I get to interview him. which. We're stowing around a lot. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of interest. Oh, that's great. I, I'm yeah. I'm glad that uh, yeah. I'm glad that you 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 enjoy my art, and I, I that's kind of you know mostly why I do a lot of that fan art and draw superheroes is 
um, just to sort of brighten up people's days and stuff. I like drawing it. It's a nice sort of way to wind down or even sometimes just sort of the gear up for, um, for that. I have to actually draw and work on that specific day. Um, but it's, it's also nice that people seem to really respond to it in positive ways. And that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me wanting to post it. And um, that's why I'm really still on social media. That's pretty much the only reason I get on these days is, is to do some art and try to make the place a little bit um, more. We are for people huge there. fans. Um, yeah. So hearing he, that you enjoy it, um, it, it, that really makes my day. It makes me really happy that um, all that is paying off. We... Um, years ago a few years ago now uh did an entire photo shoot that was based on it was based on um kelly kept sending me your art of batgirl and supergirl together um and so we did a whole photo shoot where we um we brought the whole attitude of them just like having fun like this into um into our photo shoot and took photos of just the the girls hanging out oh yeah. yeah, we nerded out when you responded. We were like, oh my yeah. gosh, the artists we based this on liked the photos we took. Like, yeah. Yeah, so. I love that. Yeah, every now and then I do. I get a, um, it's funny. I'd say I've never worked on a, uh, a an actual official Batgirl, Supergirl book or story or anything like that. But I've drawn them, you know, more times than I can count. And so, and in different outfits and things. So it's, I just kind of draw however I, I draw them however I feel. And, and every now and then I will I'll get like a, a photo of somebody cosplaying in like a costume I sort of designed for Christmas or, or something like that. And I'm like, it's just so weird, you know, because I didn't even, you know, I, I haven't really even worked on the books. And yet they I've sort of taken ownership a little bit of these, of these two characters, at least my version of them. It was very odd. But Your I love interpretation the of I love, I love them. I love making comics with them. It's, it's a blast. <laughs> yeah. I want to say hi to some people in the comments. Um, Sci-Fi Queens, Cartoon Commotion, and Hollis Thompson have all come in to more or less say hello. And then we have a question from the audience. Are you ready, Mike? I am ready. Excellent. So Sci-Fi Queens wants to know, what was the most difficult character you have drawn? Oh, wow. That's a, oh, that's a good question. What's the most difficult character? Um, I had a, I had a really tough time. I don't know if he's the most difficult. I could probably, I'll probably end this interview and think about it later tonight and wake up like, Oh no, that was the right answer. But, um, I remember when I was just recently draw, drawing or last year drawing that animals assembled the Spider-Man book, having to draw Iron Man <laughs> with all of his, his sort of like, just, I don't know. I, 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 I work better with more organic sort of like characters and costuming and and he had so many just shapes and angles and things like that um and so i just kept trying to simplify it down simplify it down as much as i could and i originally just wanted to do just very much his his classic uh you know his one of his first you know sort of classic uh outfits with just like sort of just like a um just that flat face plate that he had yeah. I've always loved that look for him. Um, but uh, I think Marvel wanted me to make sure that the costumes stayed pretty current. And so I was looking at what, you know, how he looks now and trying to see what can I take away? What can I add to make it a little bit my own? And I just struggled and struggled. But then once I drew him that one time, then it was just smooth sailing after that. It was really just, I think, about 
figuring out all those little bits and pieces. It was like practice, but I was doing it really, while I was trying to get the page done. And, but you know, now it's, yeah, now I think it's, it, it, you probably wouldn't be that difficult but at first. Yeah. I, I definitely came downstairs and was lamenting about how hard it was to, to get Iron Man drawn that day. <laughs> I can imagine I, yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's a lot of pieces too. Like, yeah. So. I think part of it too is like he's because he's got that face mask. Any character has sort of like a mask that sort of covers their eyes and stuff. Um, I feel like I I'm less concerned about sort of exactly how that character looks as much as how they feel. And if I can't have like show their eyes and show some emotion and get their personality kind of come through, um, I do struggle a little bit with that. Um, so I have to find other ways to do that. It's one of the reasons. Um, when I was drawing Spider-Man in the book, that I have his eyes sort of emoting, even though it makes no sense <laughs> with the mask. But it's just, it's, it's just, I can get a lot more, yeah, a lot more that way. And, and you know, people don't they care. The, the, you want the idea to come across more than you want the things to, to you know, be, you know, physically possible. I think so. I, I, I feel that way as a reader. For sure, <laughs> where I want to know more, like how the picture is going to tell the story in my head as, as opposed to, I mean, if I wanted to look at a photograph of something, I could. Yes. That's not why I read a comic. But, um, we have another question. This one comes from Cartoon Commotion. That's Cade, I'm pretty sure. Hi. He says, that if you could work on any particular character for a series, what character would it be? Oh, that like a character that I, I, I don't, that I don't own. Um, yeah, that you well, probably, probably Supergirl, <laughs> Supergirl, <laughs> Batgirl, or both. Uh, I, I'd probably pick Supergirl over Batgirl just because I have, I, I know how I would write her. I would, I know how I would sort of change her origin a little bit. And um, it would be a, it would be a, it would be kind of a new, a new approach to, to, to the character. Um, so similar to how I, I kind of put her in my, um, my web comics that I put up sometimes. Um, but with, you know, a little bit more, you know, a little more stakes and, and drama and stuff to, to kind of um, beef up her, her personality a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I would, yeah, for, I, if, if it worked out somehow, I don't know if it ever will, but I would, I would love to work on an actual official Supergirl or, or even Batgirl book sometime. We need to make this happen. Like, <laughs> you'll need to send messages to DC nicely. Nicely. Yeah. Like, be nice, yeah. but just be like, look, we talked to Mike Mayhack, and that's who we want drawing <laughs> Supergirl and or Batgirl. The problem is, is I'm always, I'm always so busy with something else. I'm like, yeah. you know, what something like I had the Spider-Man books, and then at the same time, I had kind of pushed aside this um, um, creator-owned graphic novel I'm, I'm, I've gotten back to working on now. Um, and graphic novels just take so much time. I mean, I, I spend well, you know, this one I've, I'm working on now, I started back in 2020. Um, so they take, they can take about three years, sometimes even longer to complete. And um, in that time, it's hard to really think about pitching another graphic novel series or pitching this for this comic company. Um, especially when I'm, when I'm done with the project, I'm much more eager to do another thing that's really just for myself. Um, characters I own or I have a lot of control over. 
Um, so if I was to ever do a, like a, a Supergirl or Batgirl book, it has to be something that I would have sort of a, a lot of creative control over. I wouldn't be able to fit into any sort of continuity or or, or make, you know, have the characters be how they are now because I want it to be kind of have a little bit of ownership of that story and then how I, I write them and, and portray them. Um, okay, so, so it's tough. Be, I think it's, it'd be a really tough thing to sort of pitch and, and, and work out. Um, we'll just be really specific. We want Mike yeah. to write an Elseworlds story with Supergirl yes, and yes. Batgirl. There we yeah, go. Yeah, like an Elseworlds or, uh, <laughs> yeah, just its own sort of standalone graphic novel. Or I even thought it'd be fun because I'd make all the, uh, I, I do all those Christmas comics sometimes and do like just, just a, like a holiday special. Just a one-off sort of quick holiday special. Um, cause that's something that could be done a little bit more quickly than, than a graphic novel. And if that did well enough, then maybe they'd be more open to something longer down the road, but never know, never know. Right now I'm, 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 a, I've got a year's worth of, worth of work on to uh, get done for the, for the graphic novel I'm doing. So. Yeah. That's I have one. a quick announcement fundraiser wise. We are already halfway there after only our shortest day so far, we actually oh, got awesome. got really far before the event even started because people have been so great getting the word out. So we're at $764 of our $1,500 uh, initial goal. And so we're looking at maybe setting a stretch goal soon. If you guys want to donate, again, if you go to themultiversefundraiser.com, you just hit the big blue donate button in the middle or check out the banner scrolling at the bottom there. Um, and we're going to show a video again explaining more about the organization at the end of this. But we're halfway there. Like I'm, I'm singing Journey songs yeah, in my head. <laughs> so, but yeah. you all are great. Like we we appreciate everyone who's been supporting us. Uh, so back to the questions, Mike. Let's let's go back to Cleopatra. Oh, oops. No, sorry. Go oh, sorry. Let's go back to Cleopatra in space because I I feel like I. Breeze past that a little. Um, okay. Do you want to talk a little more about? You said that Serta is a webtoon. What was your inspiration for that? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny. My inspiration was sort of it came after the fact. I was part of this um, drawing group. Um, this is this is really before. I mean, I think social media was starting to kind of happen and stuff. But this is more in the times like forums and things where those were the ways to kind of socialize with with other artists. And I was part of this uh, group with a bunch of different artists from you know, all over the world, I guess. And we would give, be given like a topic to draw. Um, and then we'd all just serve sort of, within a couple of weeks, draw whatever that topic was in our style. And one time it was Cleopatra. Uh, and so usually I, I sort of had this thing where I, I'd never felt really confident in my drawing ability, especially with all these amazing other artists that I was posting with. Um, so I tried to, um, sort of lean on humor uh, to get my ideas across. So I just thought it'd be funny to put Cleopatra in space. And so I gave her a space suit. I gave her a sort of a, you know, the classic bubble helmet. I gave her a cat floating in there because I'm always drawing cats. And I actually put Cleopatra in space all the way across the top of the illustration. Um, and it was like one of my biggest hit illustrations I think I, I had ever done. I wasn't planning on doing anything else with that character that I had just sort of created on a whim. Uh, but I actually have friends, we were still using AOL Instant Messenger at the time. They were messaging me, uh, you need to make a comic of this, you know, and you, you, you should do more. And um, so I just 
found myself, I kept sketching various iterations of her, so refining her. Um, and then I just started a comic, this black and white comic that I started posting on, uh, I think on a drawing board. And then later I kind of made, made a little website for it. Um, and I was just sort of making up the story as I, as I kind of went um, until I, it, it got to the point where I was like, well, I need to know where this is going and then started to develop. And then it, then it all took off very, very quickly. Um, I started coloring and I started making little minis uh, comics and taking them to conventions. Um, Scholastic picked it up and then there was the graphic novel series that I worked on for, gosh, probably about eight years doing that. Um, and each book was just really me like practice for the next one. Like how can I improve what I did in that last book and make a better book? Um, how can I get better at drawing? How can I get better at writing? Um, how can I get better at storytelling? And so as I was sort of chronicling her journey, I was also trying to improve um, as a storyteller and a graphic novelist. Um, and I feel like I got, it was around book three where I kind of figured out a little bit what I was doing, but I don't think it was till book four that I was really proud of the artwork. And, um, and book six is still my favorite thing I've probably ever written or drawn. I just think it came together really nicely. But, uh, but yeah, that's really how that happened. Um, it was just a long, I mean, it's, not, I, it, it's such a blur now looking back at it, but it was a good, you know, good over a decade of my life of just working with that character. And um, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I need to, uh, I was reminded last year that the first book of the graphic novel series came out um, 10 years ago. <laughs> so uh, I feel like I need to do some sort of like, I don't know, some sort of 10th anniversary celebration for that or something. But uh, I don't, I'm, I'm also really, really busy. So I don't know if I'll have the time to do anything. But I'll figure something out. I'll have to, at least, maybe at least a new illustration of her. We'll see. We also keep ourselves so busy. I'm going, how do we help Mike make sure his his 10 year anniversary happens? No, he's busy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. reminding me, like, yeah, I've got to do something, yeah. It's been a while, it's actually been, I, I did, um, even through last year, I kept trying to make sure I was drawing her um, more consistently, because I do a lot of author visits, and I have to draw her at schools and things like that, and I didn't want to get to the point where I couldn't remember how to draw her, which seems crazy. I don't, there's no way I, I think I would ever forget how to draw her. I've drawn her so many times, but I still, you know, sort of refining her and I'm still thinking in my head, like if she was still going today, if I was on like a ninth book or a 10th book, how would she look now? And um, how would I keep improving her look in those stories? Um, so I'm always, I'm always thinking of, of that and always trying to draw her. So yeah, I do. I think a new draw illustration at least is, is, is on the way on for the sure. Way. For sure. Yeah. Google I want to yeah, I want to say hello to a couple of people in the comments. Um, Aubrey, Victoria underscore EnvyTuber, Carlin. Uh, we see all of you and really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, are we ready for another audience question? Well, before we do that, if anyone's oh. just tuning in, you're watching uh, the Multiverse Fundraiser and our interview with comic great Mike Mayhack. Indeed you are. Uh, Clyde Hall says, I loved Marvel Unleashed last year and previous Pet Avenger adventures. If you had the chance to do a Pet Avenger book or comic, what Marvel pets would be on the roster? Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like I kind of, with um, 
yeah, with uh, with Animals Assemble, I kind of did all the animals I really I really wanted to work with, and uh, the only one I didn't get around to um, in the in that book was uh, Jeff the, the Lamp Shark, and it's only mainly because he really when I was starting to re- kind of work on that book and stuff, he really he he wasn't he was around, but he wasn't what he is now, and um, and so he just wasn't quite on my radar, um, and the and those. Um, you know those comics that were coming out with him weren't 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 out yet. So, but um, but by the time I finished that book, I was I was like, oh, I got to draw Jeff, and so you know I, I got him into the, the second one, uh, and and the third one. <laughs> so I drew Jeff a lot. So I feel like I, I got him, and um, which was a big one. Uh, I probably would have liked to draw Lockheed. Uh, I love. I'm a big. Kitty Pride fan. I'm a big X-Men fan. I, and you haven't gotten to draw the X-Men. And oh yeah. But um I love Kitty Pride. I love that she has this this little purple dragon. Um, there's just something amazing in that she's one of the most grounded of all the X-Men characters, and yet she has like a, a purple dragon sidekick. And I just there's something just so perfect about That's that. The best. Yeah, I love it. Who doesn't want a purple shoulder dragon? Yes, yes, yeah. Plus, he's really fun to draw. He's just he's a great design. Um, because he doesn't he there's a lot of different dragons out there but if you draw a Lockheed with that jaw and that, that little purple and that little that spike tail it's just it always looks like Lockheed. it's great so you can really kind of change up his look a little bit and stylize them and it's still very clearly Lockheed, which makes them makes them really fun i do love your Lockheed. i did not upload any pictures for Lockheed, and now I'm oh really yeah yeah i've drawn them yeah i've drawn them a few times anytime i draw kitty pride like Chances are not maybe not every time, but like ninety percent of the time, like uh, like he's going to be in the drawing as well. And if I remember right, you did a pirate Kitty Pride. I did, yeah. That was a um, I have a I have a Patreon, and um, every about once or twice a year, I offer up sketch commissions to 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 them. And um, that was for one of those patrons. It was yes for um, and what's funny, I've been I don't. I stopped reading monthly comics um, like individually. I'll, I'll collect them in trades and stuff. Um, a few years ago, I just couldn't keep up anymore. It was just too tough. And my memory is so bad that I would pick up the next issue. I can't remember what happened in the last one that came out like a month or two ago. Um, so I just wait for it all. The, the, wait till it's completely done and I buy the trades now. Um, so that's, that's usually how I read things. So when uh, I was told to draw Pirate Kitty Pride, I was like, wait, no, wait, Pirate Kitty Pride? Because I had no idea um, that that whole storyline and that arc was happening. Um, and so I had to go in and kind of catch up a little bit on, on, on what was going on. And uh, But that's 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 awesome because I love pirates and I love Kitty Pride. I, I was like, this is great. I would love to draw something like that. I think I gave Lockheed an eye patch in that drawing. I can't remember. If I didn't, I should have. <laughs> I remember. But I'll have to look I, it up. I remember I loved it. Somebody I, can I cosplayed. Try to find it and look it up, yeah. I cosplayed that version and I did get myself a Lockheed and like painted him purple. And so now I have a toy Lockheed for my shoulder yes. and my life is complete. <laughs> I, uh, Every every uh, Friday night, I try if I'm if I'm home or something. I try to leave an image that's to wish everybody a, a good weekend. Um, and maybe maybe I'll find that one. <laughs> That'd be my weekend image. Is that Kitty Pride Pirate thing today? Well, and where can people find your Patreon? Let's plug this. 
Oh, um, just my name. Uh, I guess Patreon and then Mike Mayhack. Um, yeah, it's right now I'm using it um, to preview the uh, like my current graphic novel that I'm working on. Um, it's still unannounced and I'm still like in the process of actually just drawing it and, and working on it. So I'm sharing um, a lot of um, con conceptual artwork that I've, I've done over the years for it, um, who the characters are, um, what the kind of tone and everything that, like that's going to be like. So it's a lot of fun. So anybody that's interested in sort of like the creation of a, of a graphic novel sort of from the ground up, um, we'll probably get a lot out of it. I'm going to share a little bit how I actually uh, pitched the publishers, um, um, how that process happens. So if anybody's interested in how actually, actually getting a comic published, how you go about that. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to kind of over the course of the year, I'm just going to kind of sprinkling those posts along with all the, uh, I draw a lot of fan art, um, those watercolor sketches, um, and just, I don't know, whatever I feel like. Most of the art I do, I usually post to there like months before it ever shows up on social media. It's just, um, I like posting to there more than anywhere else. And so mm -hmm. I'll just do a lot of stuff. If I just feel like drawing a, a pinup drawing or something like that, I'll just post it up on there and not have to really have it out in the world if I don't really want it out in the world just yet. Yeah, it's fun. And you put up wallpapers every few yes, months i do that too yeah yeah yep. i put nice uh, i put wallpapers up like phone wallpaper i don't know if people still are into the phone wallpapers or i maybe i should come up with something else but yeah okay so uh so yeah i post phone i'll take those illustrations and try to make new ones i'm thinking about maybe possibly um doing a um sort of an exclusive mini print um thing option on there where um i'm like kind of weird about making uh like prints that i saw fan art these days it's just i don't know there's something kind of weird about it so um but i know people really like a lot of the art and they want to get prints of it so maybe that's an option to do it um as sort of a, a limited exclusive thing that you can only get through the patreon and maybe uh, i've experimented with like doing like some some foils and some different kind of different things to make the prints a little bit more extra special than just a normal plain old print um so that was that's something I, I want to do, and I was trying to get going this month, but this month has just been so hectic and busy for me. I haven't had a chance to um, look into the pricing and everything for it. So, but that should be coming up soon. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get that going, and um, and I'll keep doing wallpapers, fun wallpapers too. Those will just be free. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, your Patreon is well worth the money. Oh well, thank you. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for letting me know that. That's, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, and you mentioning talking about, you know, doing a graphic novel from the ground up, I feel like dev dovetails into this audience question pretty well. Hollis Thompson asks, as a comic creator who writes and draws, can you talk a little about your process? How do you approach panels, what to show and what to let readers imagine? Oh, yeah, that's a, I mean, that's there's a lot to that question to unpack um, <laughs> because it's it's not just like, you know, one of those. Oh, I just do it this way. And that's how it is. Um, there's a lot of back and forth and experimenting and trial and error that goes into that. Um, when I was developing my newest graphic novel, uh, actually pretty much anything, I'm usually going back and forth from like, the keyboard to the drawing board. And, and I'm like, I have a, like a Cincy that sits right next to it. And I'm just kind of writing some ideas and then sketching some ideas and then writing some ideas until something sort of takes form, uh, some sort of shape happens and I kind of get an idea of 
what the personality of the story is actually going to be. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of just kind of not really one or the other. It's not just writing. It's not just drawing. It's the sort of a, a back and forth combination of those two things. I do tend to start with a full script um, if I can, um, because I'm usually working with editors and a publisher and I need them to have a really good sense of that, what the story is before I go into the really arduous task of drawing it. Um, so I work with a script, but then when I actually get into actually paneling out and say, I will be reworking that dialogue. I'll be reworking that script as I go. But I use it as a nice sort of outline of what the story is going to be. And it gives me a good guide. Um, I don't write in terms of panel one, this happens, page one, two, this happens. I just write out the story, uh, mostly with dialogue. And then I just sort of figure out what that pacing is going to be like, panel by panel, page by page as I go, and just hope, cross my fingers, it's going to end at a, at a, um, a good page count that uh, you know isn't too long or, or too short. So. And so far, you know, I've, I've, I've had pretty good luck with that. Um, I have a good sense of, I can look at a story and get a sense of how, how many uh, pages or how many panels it's going to be as a comic. Uh, you talking about starting with the dialogue, I'm sure Hollis can picture part of your process in his head. Now he's, he's like a playwright by nature. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, that's pretty much how I write. Yeah, that's exactly almost, yeah, how I don't, use actual you know probably all the mechanics of a, what a playwright would use but i do i mostly write out the scene you know and then you know then it's mostly dialogue and characters um just chit-chatting and my stories there's not a lot of exposition in my stories it's mostly characters talking and if if, if they're doing something has to what they're saying or what their actions are has to drive and propel the story forward um so i mostly write with dialogue um and i've love taking two characters that are just at odds in terms of how they interact with different things in the world. And, and then how does that, you know, what, what happens out of that? What kind of humor can I get out of that? What kind of drama can I get out of that? Um, and so that's usually my, my driving force when it comes to telling stories is just, you know, having a great, having great characters and, and funny dialogue. Like putting the sunshiny Supergirl with the grumpy Batgirl. I love that dynamic. Yeah, that's so a great nice. example. Yeah. I mean, she's, um, those, I think those sort of, those came about, I forget what, there was the new 52 that was happening a few years ago. And then uh, I have a friend, John Morris, that was trying to get a bunch of indie artists to do what would your, what would be our, you know, what, if we were to redo these DC books, what would they look like? What would you do? And I immediately just like, I want to do background Supergirl. I remember I, I love those characters in advance, you know, growing up, I love those characters. I love watching their animated counterparts. Um, but I had like specific, and a spe specific uh, version of them in my head that just wasn't out there yet. So I thought it'd be perfect. Um, if I was to redo a book, it would be them. And, um, and so that's how the first sort of comic came about with them um but it was really the same ideas i was using for this old web comic i did called cow and buffalo which was this sort of dim-witted cow and a very pessimistic buffalo and they were roommates and i would just 
give them wacky situations or just put a, a, a like a word prompt and just make a six panel comic out of it. Um, and it's really the, the exact same thing I'm doing with background Supergirl. I'm just sort of putting him in a room somewhere or putting him on a rooftop and just seeing what happens. And um, they, they just really write themselves. It's, um, I'm, I, I worry sometimes that I almost, I'm going to make Kara like a, a caricature of her of the way I write her of herself. So I have to sometimes pull back a little bit um, and really um, I think show a little bit of her emotional side. Um, Cause I don't, I don't want her to be like, you know, just too bubbly and too, too cartoony, you know? Um, but that is, I think what makes her so endearing is she's just has this approach to life and the world um, where there is no negativity in her it's just like not in her system to to to, to, to portray that um, she only sees the good um, even in the worst possible situations um, and I think that's something we all wish we could do as well even though we don't always do that and I think that's maybe why the characters responded so well to uh, so many people out there I totally agree and uh, okay so next question uh, what was the first comic that really made an impression on you? Like the first comic that you picked up and you're like, wow. Oh, wow. The very first comic that I ever picked up and I thought, wow. That's a that's a really great question. Um there I, I think I was when I when I was getting the com I was getting I got into Marvel comics before I got into DC comics. And I'm almost positive it was probably a Marvel comic. And it was likely an X-Men book, um, because I was really into X-Men. I collected X-Men for a good over two decades i just i have more x-men books <laughs> in my in my long boxes than anything else so it was um but i feel like the one that really made the most impact on me was the infinity gauntlet um when that when that kind of came out um there's something about i was really into star wars i was into i was really into star trek um i love sci science fiction um and i love these superheroes so seeing that sort of integration of them going off and fighting this giant cosmic threat um especially something um taking like something like the infinite the infinite gems and making them have specific abilities uh which had this sort of captain planet sort of feeling to it uh i i i, I like that too and just um you know something that could turn wolver into rubber was amazing i think that really made a huge impact and made me i don't think it made me want to make comics but it got me really into marvel comics and i read a lot of marvel comics after um, it wasn't until I think Bone came out, um, which I discovered pretty early on, around issue six or seven. Um, that was the comic that made me want to make comics um, because suddenly I saw a style that was more akin to how I liked drawing. Um, my style was very much more influenced by um, like Bloom County or Calvin and Hobbes at the time. And uh, Bone felt like this integration between that and Lord of the Rings and all these other things I really loved. And I was like, that's something I could do. And it was this long form story. Um, I didn't have to color it, you know. And so uh, that was the one that kind of, I think, made the most impact in terms of a creator and made me actually want to make comics. Um, and so you can take Infinity Gauntlet, you can take Bone, and you can kind of mesh those together and kind of see how I, I kind of got to where I'm at today, I think. I can see that. I like it. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, oh, go for it. Oh, well, one, all sci-fi queens had more or less the exact same question. I know Kelly wasn't just not reading it from sci-fi queens because <laughs> it was in the notes she sent me, but I love that multiple people wanted to know that. 
And then um, Cartoon Commotion, one said a second ago, too cartoony about <laughs> you talking about Supergirl. But um, he asks, do you have a favorite cartoon series or like a top three? Oh, you know, it's always revolving, <laughs> you know, whatever, because there's been so much amazing stuff that's come out in the past few years. Um, and there's one, it's like, there's, there's cartoons where I go, that's my favorite because of this reason. And that's one favorite because of this reason. If I had to just pick one, which would be really, really difficult, um, I would probably pick Avatar The Last Airbender because um, that just kind of covered everything <laughs> that I loved. Um, there's so many out there that I, I, I could say, um, I guess top three was there, you know, but um, Batman the Animated Series was a huge, um, a huge one for me. Um, and then recently, I'm trying to think of something. I want to. Do, I, just, I want to give something. So right now, I am. We're, I'm, I've been watching uh, One Piece with my youngest. He's my eight year old, and uh, we're on episode I think 100 and I don't know 50 or 160 or something like that out of a thousand. I don't know if we'll ever finish the series, but like that's a series that like at first I'm like, oh, this is all right, and then I can't stop. I'm like so engaged with this the story of the straw hat crew right now. So um, I imagine if I kept up on that after about a thousand episodes, I'll probably think it's like the best thing ever because I'll be that much more invested in it. Um, but yeah, right now, Hopefully I'm really one piece. The episodes are never <laughs> ending. So good thing you like it. <laughs> but yeah, I'll stick with Avatar Last Airbender. That was, that's, that's a, that's a, that's always been a, a huge one for me. It's a big one for me too. Yeah, big influence. Yeah. Like it, if, if that if I was to make a cartoon, it would have a similar tone, I think, to that because that just hit all, all those little, all the things I kind of love when it comes to storytelling. Comes to storytelling. Yeah. Uh, Willow over at Skylar Productions wants to know: Do you prefer to create comics for adult readers or for the younger demographic? Oh, that's a good question. You know, it's funny. I don't really um, differentiate. <laughs> I don't think about it. I'm not going, um, oh, this is definitely going to be for, I mean, I guess with the Spider-Man books, I am thinking I want younger readers to be able to read this and understand it and um, and stuff. But I also want adult readers to enjoy it and be, and, and kind of be engaged in, in, in a similar way. Um, comics take a really, really long time. Uh, to make. And so it just doesn't make sense to sort of limit your audience in terms of ages. Um, I just try to make comics for everybody that can, can enjoy them. And so I think, I do think about kids uh, when I'm making comics because I want them to be able to read the comics and enjoy it. I usually keep politics completely out of my comics because politics are really boring. And <laughs> if I was a kid, I wouldn't want to know. I like anytime, like when you watch Star Wars and all of a sudden they're all like in the Senate meeting, you're like, I don't care. You know, like just just show me some spaceships, show me some lightsabers. Um, and so I, I, I try to keep that out of there. Um, I try to keep, you know, violence to sort of a, a, a minimum, a, a romance to a minimum, um, because of those things that, uh, I was at a school function once and I got all these all these kids, like, why did you have to make Cleopatra kiss Anthony? And I was like, really, that's what you're upset about? Is this, this one little kiss? Um, so I, I try to I try to focus on the things that everybody can really respond to. Um, not to say I I, I I would do a book that caters more to adults maybe sometime, but um, I have more interest in trying to capture as many people as I can. And I think kids are really sort of the future uh, of not just 
comics because you know they're the ones that are going to be growing up making them um but really just everything else and who knows what a comic's going to inspire um in the next you know medical professions you know and science and you know philosophy and all these other things that we need to kind of make the world even better and better and better and more positive and more and more creative um and so i think capturing kids imaginations and focusing on those younger readers is really really important but if the adults aren't into it either, they're not going to get those books for their kids. You know, they're not going to read them along with them, um, which I want them to do. I want parents to sit down there and read those books with their kids. Um, so they need to be engaged as well. So I'm thinking about everybody when I'm writing my books. That answer makes so much sense coming right after you saying one of your favorite cartoon series is, is Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, yeah it did so because well. <laughs> that's what that is, is serious topics that adults enjoy engaging with too presented in packaging that kids can relate to and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like, perfect. I mean, clearly it's working for the audience here. We got Michael Forehand, <laughs> for commenting that The Last Airbender is amazing, yeah. you know? Carlin Stewart was saying the Avatar was great. Like, <laughs> this is this is clearly resonating with a lot of us sitting here going, we're adults, yeah, think about the kids, so. That's awesome. Yeah, and I would definitely agree, Mike, that right. your books have an all-ages appeal, which is sometimes rare to find in comics nowadays, and... I think it's there's nice. a lot of, yeah, I think there, I think it depends on the author and the illustrators and stuff, what they feel like, you know, what everybody, you know, enjoys drawing something different or writing something different. And I think you, you shouldn't really stifle those things. And you know, if that's what you like to do, do that, you know, and there's a lot of things out there. I, there's a lot of stuff I love to watch that's strictly for adults, you know, um, and there's stuff that I wouldn't let my kids watch until they're like, you know, 25. Um, I just watched, you know, this this Netflix show called Blue Samurai. I was like, oh man, Orion's gonna love this show. I'm not gonna let him watch it for 20 years, <laughs> you know, because it was that, it was so adult. Um, Same, but I'm glad that somebody, I loved it, but I don't yeah. I would not I would not subject a child. No, no, be, yeah, but like I'm glad somebody made that for me. You know, I'm glad somebody made that for adults because that's something that I really enjoyed. And the show, and it wouldn't have worked otherwise. It wouldn't have worked as a, if it was geared towards kids or if they had tried to key down some of those moments. Um, it had to be what it was. That's why it works so well. Um, and so I'm glad that there's authors doing that. Um, and stuff. So when I say like you know, you know, it doesn't make sense to not encompass it, it you know it does in a lot of ways um just for me i just like to try to you know keep as many people involved as i can reading the books yeah that's a good question i like and that and we do have a special guest in the studio uh, he just popped in so mark weiss of comic books for kids hey mark hey guys listen anytime i'm in a space with legendary cosplayers and a, a talented guy like mike you count me in any day i, I gotta be honest i'm thrilled to be here i don't I'm the, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, that's me. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you guys. <laughs> well, we're um, thrilled Mike, to have you, had, you. You had me at Batman, the animated series. I, I might put my, my age might put it a little bit above, you know, uh, one piece, but yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to argue. Uh, I'm not going to argue the levels. Okay. I mean, I, if I had to, I mean, it's, if I had to name a show that probably had more influence on what I, you know, what I do now, it was it was Batman the Animated Series. There's everything about that, the the art style, the the storytelling, um, the, the just the tonal quality of it was just so 
well thought out and well done. Um, I mean, I've seen every single. In fact, it was fun. The only I didn't I didn't buy a lot of DC comics at the time because I mean, I, I was you know I was a kid when that, that show was coming out. Um, I was mostly reading you know Marvel and X Men. Right. But the right. one Batman book I bought was the Batman Animated Adventures. This the comic based right, on the right. show. I had every single issue of that Batman Adventures. In fact, I, I remember because when uh, I had a friend that's like, you know, you should, you know, that Harley Quinn issue is probably worth a lot. It's like, oh, I know I have it because I have every single issue. I had to go and pull it out of the garage just so it was, you know, not going to get ruined. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I, it's it's tough. I, I love cartoons. I watch mostly. I watch so many. I watch more cartoons than anything else because I just think the. I I just think they're better. <laughs> there are a lot of live action stuff out there. You well, can just look, the, the characters are better. The uh, you, there, there's more. There's just more emotion. There's just something that you can't capture. It's more exaggerated, I guess. And so, if you are into anime, work otherwise in live action. I mean, if you're into anime now, I yeah, some of the I, most I, I'm creative. Not, some of the most creative writing, storytelling is in anime about. today. Yeah, that's that's kind of like watching the we're watching the live action one piece along with the you know the cartoon and I'm like I just I can't get into the live action as much because I want to see I want to see their smiles like that big you know when when Luffy does something amazing I want to see that grin um, just miles long you know and uh, there's just there's just something that comes across a lot easier and I can respond to a lot more when it comes to animation somehow I think you're maybe enjoying it a bit more than your eight year old Mike. I, th I don't know. We, I, I think part of the fact that he enjoys it so much is what's made me enjoy it even more. I think you're using him as an excuse to watch it. Let's go. Let's yeah. go watch it. <laughs> we should watch this. Yeah. I, I have to go back and watch some of the early ones because he started it without me and then I kind of came in later and so I was just talking about that with him today. I was like, I need to go and catch some of those really, those ones I missed at the very beginning. But um yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's good. I like it. Do you see any of the current animes or storytelling influencing your future direction? I mean, as a creator, we're all influenced by everything around us, by what we see, what we view, what we touch. Mm -hmm. You know, you yeah. having an eight-year-old influences your has changed your mindset. Oh, I yeah. mean, mm -hmm. how do you how do you see your creativity shifting and changing? just because of the way today is. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just every, yeah, you're, you hit the nail. Everything is, is, influences what I do. Um, just going for a walk in a park, is going to influence some sort of a, a, a facet of what's going to go into a story, even if it's just how I'm going to draw a specific point or something like that. But I have, yeah. a, I have an eight-year-old, a 12-year-old, and the, the current graphic novel that I'm working on, I have two, uh, two characters in it, and they're completely based off, their personalities are completely based off of them. The book would not exist if it wasn't for them. There um, we go. There's dialogue, there's, there's storytelling points that came from conversations we've had with each other. Um, and so it's a book that I wouldn't have even been on my radar to make until I became a father. Um, and so it's, it's, those things are always happening. Anytime I watch a show or a cartoon or uh, anything, that, there's definitely going to be stuff that's going to influence. It. Well, listen, yeah. I, Mike, I would be remiss Mike, if I, I didn't thank you, thank you for being for here, for taking the time to, to spend with, with this incredible group. 
I mean, you know, Kelly and Crail, I, I guess that I'm the odd man out here. Yeah, oh, it's big time hard here. You know, we're all holding hands singing Kumbaya. I mean, you can't hear it, but if you listen closely, the, the track's there. Um, <laughs> the reality is, um, and Crail, I haven't had a chance to say hello to you. Thank you so much for, for being here and doing this. And Mike, you know, it's spending, spending your time to help uh, promote what we do means a lot. So, uh, Absolutely. Thrilled and honored to say hello to you and uh, and thank you at the same time as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, I love being here. Thank you. My, Mike, what's behind you? What's on that? See, I can see the shelf behind you, but I can't see the little things that are on it. Oh, those, really those are uh, those are uh, Disney Infinity figures. <laughs> There's a, a yeah, this Disney Infinity game that came out, um, and they stopped making it. But I love the figures, and so I have almost all of them. Those that's just some of the Marvel and Disney ones. I have all the Star Wars ones on right right there. Um, and then there's just a whole bunch just, you know, some are still in boxes, but I love those figures so much. Um, so the designs nice. for them that I just gobbled them all up, especially when they stopped making the game and they all went on sale. I just got, I, I mean, I just, I just, I got, so now they're, they're sitting on shelves and I love them. So. It's, it's great. You had said earlier. Your 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 book is is a cross between was it Bone and in the Infinity Gauntlet was that it or was it uh... well that's I was just saying those are probably oh, no, two no. books I, that really I, influenced how I how I come up with stories now if stuff. it's not I want to see you do that actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be fun I I'd say that the book I'm working right on right now is definitely much more influenced for, um, from Bone um, than Cleopatra in Space was. Uh, Cleopatra in Space was, I think, influenced by a little bit more manga stuff that I got into later on, and, and definitely Star Wars and, and Star Trek and things. What's your manga? Um, what's your manga go to, Mike? What's your What's your manga go to? What's your anime go to? Right now, I don't really have a manga. I'm I'm in the reading this uh, young adult novel series <laughs> right now. All good. Uh, oh, we don't judge. We yeah, all judge. it's my my uh, my sister and my my niece got me on it. At first, there was I had a lot of I was like, this is really I'm entertaining, but I'm rolling my eyes quite a bit. But I'm in the I don't know I'm in this tandem book version where I have to read two of the books simultaneously together to get the story correct. Um, it's the Throne of Glass series. If anybody's familiar with that, and so oh, I'm in yeah. like the, the the you know the 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 penultimate books that come before you know the last one, and I'm like really into it. I'm like I'm. Like I'm still sort of rolling my eyes at certain things, you know, because I'm just I'm not the target audience, I think, for these books. Um, but they're so just they're so entertaining. Oh, oh Mike, like I'm the target yeah, audience for anything I we've been talking about. OK, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, we're, not, it, it, we're not judging here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no judging. Yeah, they're good. But, yeah, I'm enjoying. I'm glad they I'm glad they, they, they put those on me. They're, they're fun. But yeah, I'm not it reading a lot of, of time. Uh, manga right now. I loved uh, I loved Pluto. I thought that was really really good. So, um, um, but I recently just asked online some manga suggestions, and I got a ton um, to to kind of look into. So after I finish this this series, I'm gonna I'll dive into one. I just haven't decided which one it's gonna be. Nice. So, Mike, uh, we are pretty much out of time. So, where okay. can people find you? Uh, I am on Twitter or X or whatever, you know, like I said, I post, <laughs> art, post I post art probably there more than any, besides I post mostly to my Patreon. If you want really see my art, just go to my Patreon. That's where I post most of my stuff. But, um, other than that, yeah, Twitter's where I, I, I 
it's just the easiest place for me to post art. So I, I'm usually there, you know, posting art more often than the other ones. But Instagram, um, Blue Sky, uh, Facebook, you can you can follow me. I've I've hit my friend limit on there, but you can follow me on there. Um, and it's all Mike Mayhack. Uh, I don't know. I have MikeMayhack.com. You can probably find links to all this. How do you hit a friend limit? I, I didn't even realize you could do that. Yeah, yeah. Facebook. You can. I only have one friend, Mike. Oh. <laughs> I uh, yeah. You can only yeah. You can only reach like I think like five thousand friends on Facebook. Um, and so uh, look at us. Hits you can't. Look, nobody can forgive me. Forgive me for being in the same stream with you. You know. <laughs> But I really, I well, never. Good when I did. I really, I really don't get on social media that much um, and sort of converse. Uh, I'm too, I'm just too busy, honestly. Um, plus, I found that I really enjoy when I meet up with friends, like people and in, in, in conventions, and not knowing, like having real conversations and not really knowing what's going on, and it's like, what's been up with you, and really sincerely meaning that because I don't know. Um, and I love that. I feel it's just. It's easier for me to uh, talk to people in real life <laughs> on, on the on, on the internet, and so I um, I mostly just get online to post art. It's really just about it, and to look at art, you know, you know, sometimes or or cute animals or uh, <laughs> you know organizational videos and stuff like that. But like that, you know, for the most part, it's just posting art. Yeah. And I also want to plug your other books because we didn't fully touch on them so you oh, also yeah. have spider-man quantum quest yeah that just came out and that will be out in, in uh july it's coming out yeah yes so people should pick all of those up because they're amazing so thank you oh, so you. much for being here well thanks for having me I had a good time. and letting us fangirl over you <laughs> <laughs> no problem and mark thank you for dropping in oh mike and... thank you for letting me fangirl over you I mean, honestly <laughs> Thanks for letting me fangirl too. That was great. I, I totally fangirled over the Throne of Glass series. So that was that was perfect. It's just a love fest. Uh, so I'm gonna play the video real quick and then you all need to tune into our next panel, which is gonna be John Jackson Miller, which I will also be on. So then I have to scoot to that one. So thank you all. The Multiverse Fundraiser is partnering with Comic Books for Kids to raise money for their cause. Their mission is to provide comic books to children in hospitals and cancer centers across the United States, Canada, and the UK. We believe in the importance of providing stories that promote hope and bravery to kids who are facing things that are scarier than any supervillain. And we truly believe in this cause. To donate, you can either go to our Facebook page at www.facebook.com backslash the multiverse fundraiser or directly to comicbooksforkids.org.